because we often don't look back at how much we've improved. We only look at where we're going. So it's always important to help your kids remember to look back from where they've come from, not just look forward to where they're going. It's also okay to ask, how do you feel like it went today? Whether it was a, a great performance or not a great performance, do you want to share about it? If things didn't go well and they're not ready to talk about it, give them 24 hours. Then you can ask them about what it is they want to do better the next time. And you can work with them, help them come up with a plan. You can even work with their coach to fix anything that is an area that needs improvement. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple. Make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, By Heart created a clinically proven, easy-to-digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Our blend includes the most abundant protein found in breast milk, alpha-lac, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum, along with broken down, partially hydrolyzed proteins. By Heart is an easy-to-digest formula. In addition to its patented protein blend, our formula includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. By Heart is the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. So in this episode, I'm discussing a topic really near and dear to my heart. Kids, sports, and competition. Now, whether your kids participate in sports or other competitive activities, or you just want to know about the development of the competitive attitude in children, and yes, that is a thing, then this episode will give you some great information to help you understand the process how to support the development of a healthy competitive attitude, 
And if your child should move into a higher level of competitive sports or other endeavors, how you as a parent can be a solid source of support through their journey. So the goal is for children to have a sense of competition and be a gracious winner and loser. Now, developmentally, the sense of competition begins to kick in around the ages of three to four. This heightens at six to seven and tends to die down. Now, the reason is that from ages three to five, there's a big growth in the sense of self. At three, kids are learning, what do I like? What am I good at? Around four, it becomes, what am I good at and how do I rank? So around four to five, kids often think, I have to be first, I have to be the fastest, I have to be the best. Depending on how we manage this process, we can become their greatest support or really mess with their mindset. And unfortunately, not only rob kids of their opportunity to be the best competitor they can be, but potentially leaving them susceptible to major burnout, injury, and worst case, major mental breakdowns. Being the parent of a child who is highly competitive in anything, whether it's in music or sports or intellectual pursuits, is hard. It requires so much of us and from us to support and yet not give added pressure. And especially we do this unknowingly more than anything. At the early ages, kids are just developing the sense of competition and how they compare to others. So we want to support a healthy sense of competition. Not too much, not too little, just right. We don't want to downplay and try to remove the idea of competition from their perception. Kids see it everywhere. We can't avoid it. As my oldest shared with me not that long ago, and the other two chimed in, they had this whole conversation about it at the dinner table one night. He talked about in first grade when one reading group was called the cheetahs and the other the turtles and then other animals in between. Kids know. Even if they're labeled things like the chickens, the pigs, and the sheep, everyone knows who's in the most advanced and the least advanced reading or math or whatever group. They see it in gym class, the naturally athletic kids versus those that are lower in kinesthetic awareness, and everyone in between. There's no hiding it. The world is competitive. It's full of comparisons. Kids start at ages three and four comparing themselves. It's what we do but we can have a healthy attitude about it and we can teach a healthy attitude about it. Yes, we all have different strengths and it's good to point that out, but it's also good to allow your child to recognize their strengths and revel in them without going overboard. You're right. You are a really fast runner and it does help you get to the ball faster. There are lots of skills you need though to be good at whatever sport, soccer, basketball, tennis. So we're gonna keep working on them all. If your child struggles, on the other hand, you don't wash over it and say something like, but you're great at whatever, because then it just sends that message. Yeah, you're right. You suck at that. It doesn't help them or you'll beat her the next time. This heightens the competition. Instead, we validate the emotion. It's really hard to be last. If you would like to be better, here are some things that we can do to work on it. You're going to work on skill building and individual progress. Here's what we can do to help you get faster. Here's the thing we can do to help you get better at this particular skill. This is true in sports or music or anything else. So how serious should we let our kids get at each age about sports or whatever it is that they're pursuing? Kids in early ages, three to six for sure. I'm going to talk about sports in particular here because this is where 
I have the most experience. And because there's a real particular way that we're going to develop kids physically, don't want to push them too hard too early because then we could potentially cause harm to their physical fitness or their physical health. So three to six, for sure, they should be doing activities that build basic body awareness, but not really specializing or getting too serious in a sport. And actually, most developmental and sports psychologists will recommend kids not get serious about a sport until around 12 to 13. But this is going to be a very individual call, depending on your child and your family and even the sport, because if your child is involved in a sport like gymnastics, they're learning skills pretty early on. But I'm going to give you some really great guidelines, whatever the sport is, and you'll know how to apply this to your child's sport and you'll know how to apply this to your particular child. So there's some really great guidelines. I'm going to go over here in just a minute, especially if your child tends to show a particular amount of interest or promise for a sport at any given point in childhood, whether it's early or later on. Okay, first, the more you're able to let go and let this be your child's journey, the better. Overzealous sports, dance, music, insert your descriptor here, parents are the worst. Now, ego is only one enemy. This means when the parent has the ego about their child being a top competitor or a top performer, the team star, first chair in the orchestra, or what have you to validate their own insecurities or live vicariously through their child. This is an obvious issue that will cause obvious mental, emotional, and potentially physical issues for your child. We experienced this at a tournament firsthand with a dad trying to coach his kid mid-set. Now, this is a big no-no in tennis. You do not coach mid-set. In some tournaments, you're actually not allowed to coach your kid at all in the middle of a match. But this dad went right into the middle of a set when my son was beating his son during that set to try to get his son to perform better. The son ended up exploding back at his dad. The pressure from dad was so palpable And in the end, the kid ended up cheating to win. It's a disaster in the making and actually it really already is a disaster on some levels. The relationship between this dad and the son is not good and it's going to cause issues and probably already has in many areas. But usually the issue comes from well-meaning parents who aren't about the ego, only about wanting to be the best support for their child. But what we don't know can cause a lot of damage. So here are some rules of thumb. The child gets to decide the sport. It's not a sport we put our child in because we were good at it or because we enjoyed it. The child gets to choose the sport. Doesn't mean they can't try it, but with no pressure from us, no pressure to stay in it, no pressure to try it. And let them try lots of different sports and let the child choose the sport. And the child gets to decide if they want to quit. So just one example, Abby Weitzel started swimming at age seven but decided it wasn't for her and she quit. But at age 12, she decided to give it another shot. Seven years later, she broke the American record for the women's 50-yard freestyle. She's won four Olympic medals to date and numerous international championship medals, and she's currently a professional swimmer. The passion has to be in your child's heart. If a child is burnt out, they're bored, they're unmotivated, or just plain needs a break, We need to let it be their choice. They need to be allowed to do so. No matter how much talent they have, no matter how many years or how hard they've worked, this needs to be their choice. You can talk to them about it. You can explain to them about it. 
but they can't feel pressured from mom or dad to stay in the sport. It has to be their choice. And we have to let them know this is absolutely up to you if you feel like you need a break or you feel like you need to walk away. No amount of passion or vision on the part of the parent is going to make up for a child's lack of vision or passion on their part. If a child is destined for greatness, they will find it where and when and how they are meant to. If they have parents who can let go, let it be the child's journey and trust the process. In the same vein, do not reward for good performance. The good or great performance is the reward. Making the goal, making that time cut, getting the win. Rewards are external motivators. If kids are going to excel in a sport or in anything, it can only happen if the motivation is internal. Worst yet, what happens when the child doesn't do well? in the game, in the tournament, in the match. And they will have those meets and those matches and those games, those tournaments where things don't click. When they don't come together that day and the idea of letting mom and or dad down is pressure they just don't need. A reward is pressure. I expect you to win. I'm happy when you win. We're happy when they lose too. Okay, maybe we're not happy, but we're proud of them. We're proud of the effort they put in. We're proud of them sticking it out. We're, we're also there because they're learning. When they lose, it is an opportunity to learn. There are going to be so many failures for kids who are competitive. There's no way around it. They're learning opportunities. Number two, remember, very few kids are going to get college scholarships for sports and even fewer are going to become pro athletes. When you invest in your child's athletic career, keep this in mind. That the hours of training, the travel, the meets, the games, the tournament, the expense, especially the expense, it's not cheap. As sports parents, we need always have this in mind. There may not be a long game here. We just don't know. And because of this, we're not putting pressure on them to stay in the long game. We're letting them walk away from the sport when we are able to keep this in mind. Not to doubt our children because, yes, someone And a few someones will get scholarships and a handful of those will also go on to become pro athletes. We have pro athletes in the world, so that's not impossible, but the odds are very, very small. And depending on your sport, it's small to abysmally small. In tennis, my son's sport of passion, odds of becoming a pro are two in 10,000 or 0.0002. Financial break even for tennis for a pro is number 150, not just in the country, in the world. You have to be the top 150 in the world, and that's break even. That means you're paying for travel, you're paying for coaches, you're paying for tournaments, you're paying for your equipment. Only the top 100 can make a decent living. Only 7% of top world 100 juniors will be pro tennis players, and only 1% will be in the top 20. Top in the world, not top in one country. So why even invest in our kids' sports? Why do I do it as a parent? Why do I invest all this time and money into tennis when there is such an abysmally small chance that my son will become not just a pro, but a high enough level pro to actually make a decent living? First, because my son has a goal to become a professional player. And I don't want him growing up with regret. I don't want him growing up saying, what if I had tried? What if we had given it our best? This way, we know he tried. We know we gave it our best. 
and he may just make it. And I don't want regrets about that either. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. These later years of childhood have been flying by. As a mom, I want to not just be available to my kids during these last years they have at home, but I want to feel good and have the energy I need to keep up with their schedule and my own. So my health is a top priority. Equilibria is a woman-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and body back into harmony. You're not alone on your wellness journey. Every customer gets one-on-one -on -one support to help you meet your goals. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. A healthy gut positively impacts immunity, mental health, sleep, digestion, and skin health. It helps regulate digestion, immunity against bad bacteria, and improve nutrient absorption. The gut has been called the second brain because it contains more than 100 million nerve cells. It is a vitally important piece to our overall health, both physical and mental. So to make sure my gut is working at its potential, I started taking EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense to improve my digestion and nutrition absorption, boost my overall immune health, and help with sleep and stress as a bonus. Head to myeq.com and use code PARENTING for 15% off Equilibria's Microbiome Defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code PARENTING at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. So number two. I understand the odds. So my investment is about what he gets out of it outside of the potential for a scholarship or a pro career. Those are not the reasons at all for me to be so invested in this. That will be an amazing bonus if it happens. But he is spending the amount of hours training that a lot of kids spend gaming online. He's building a skill. He's going after his passion. He's learning perseverance. He's learning how to set goals, the big ones and the little ones in between, how to break them down, how to shoot for them, what to do when he doesn't hit them in his time, what to do when he doesn't hit them, how to go back to the drawing board. He's learning how to overcome adversity. He's learning how to face down his nerves, his fears, how to control his own thoughts and his mindset. He's learning how to face his failures and overcome them. 
He sees the failures for what they are, one match, not a determination of his future. He's learning to self-assess and evaluate and fix and hone his skills and his mindset. And I could go on and on about what he's learning from this. In short, tennis is making him a better person, regardless of how far he goes with it. I'm also extremely lucky and that I'm not paying out the nose. I pay for two classes a week and one private lesson. The rest of his training his coach does because he's already at the courts. If he's giving a lesson, he puts my son on a ball machine and gives him a specific drill. If he's got someone on the ball machine, he'll work with my son because he's already at the court anyway. He's got a super motivated player being raised by a single mom and he wants to support us. We do local events. We don't go anywhere. We can't drive to at this point. We don't go and spend the night at hotel rooms and where we have to eat out. We drive an hour, an hour and a half to a tournament. He plays. We come home the same day. I just had a conversation with this coach the other day. I actually asked him how many kids who start playing at four or six or eight really know they want to be a pro tennis player when they grow up. Statistics show that 85 to 90% of kids will quit their sport around the ages of 12 to 13, just about the age they would start to really get going, where they would start to work hard, up the level of performance, the level of practice, and they either are leaving from injury or burnout or both. And that's actually when my son quit swim. He started at six and by 12, he was done. An extremely talented swimmer, a three-time junior Olympian, in multiple other championships and cuts that he had made in his career, but he was done. And it was never his sport mentally. He could never mentally commit. So if I had had too much invested in him going all the way and him getting a scholarship, it would have created a lot of issues in our relationship when he wanted to quit. If I had invested my time and my money into swim expecting him to go all the way, my goal would have gone out the window. And we can't hang that kind of pressure and expectation on our kids. It's just not fair. Okay, number three, stay in your lane. Parent, coach, and athlete, we're a team. You each have a role. And again, this can apply to whether it's theater or whether it's music or whether it's any kind of intellectual pursuit or academic pursuit. So whether they have a specific tutor or a a voice coach or their instructor of any kind, this goes for that as well. Parents' role is vital, but it's not the same as being a coach. I was just talking to my son's tennis coach about this the other day, too. He was talking about one of the other students' parents, and he said that the child is uncoachable. Now, there's nothing worse to a coach or more unfortunate for the child than them being uncoachable. The coach can't do anything with that child. And in this case, the dad was always in the way. He said anytime he teaches the player anything, the dad will go and undo it. So hence, the player hasn't advanced in over a year. And unfortunately, dad is getting in the way of this child's progress. So as parents, we aren't just raising an athlete or a musician or a scientist or what have you. We're raising a human. And that's a huge job. And in this case, a human who also happens to be an athlete or happens to be a musician or happens to be a great thespian. When it comes to our part, the foundation of positive discipline which yields so much of what they need to be successful in these areas, the emotional intelligence, the self-motivation, the growth mindset, raising an independent, responsible kid. These are the foundations that we set for their success in any direction that they're going to take, whether they're a high performance in an early age or not for any parent, but also especially for parents of athletes, 
good sleep and nutritional habits are in our jurisdiction. But the particular skill of the sport, the development of the athlete, what skills they're learning at what stage, how it's being taught, how it's being broken down for your athlete, this is in the coach's domain. Don't go and try to teach it a different way. Don't feel like the coach isn't teaching them a certain skill that they should have already. The coach knows their job. When they feel like your athlete is ready and up for the next level, they will do it. You can ask the coach about it. Listen to what they have to say and allow them to be the coach. If you don't think your child's coach knows what they're doing, then it's time to find a different coach. With that said, don't go coach hopping. I've seen parents do this too, and it can be a disaster They take the kid from coach to coach to coach, and it gets so confusing. They don't know what to focus on. They've learned how to do things a completely different way. They learn different things to focus on. And the thoughts that are in their head when they're in competition, they're just not only possibly not going to get better, they're potentially going to get worse. And then they take the kid to another coach and another coach and another coach. And it's just very disruptive. And it's really going to be very detrimental to their progress as a performer. So if you feel like your coach isn't up to par, go talk to other parents within your kid's sport, a lot of other parents, about their experience, their expectations of the coach or music teacher or drama teacher or whatever, and what they like about their kid's coach and what they don't like. No coach is perfect. I love my son's coach. I love so many things about him. I think he's amazing. I know he knows how to develop my son. As an amazing player, I know he knows step one, two, and three. I know he knows how to break it down. I know how he knows how to help my son when he's struggling. He struggles with communication. He sometimes can be a little bit gruff and rough around the edges. He has a little bit of an older mindset. His coach was very much of my way or the highway. My son's coach's coach was this way. And some of that has rubbed off on my son's coach. I don't love that part about it. But he has so many other amazing qualities, and I really help my son and his coach bridge that relationship. And I'm really there as a support in that way so that my son can feel like his coach is more approachable than he does when I'm not around. Now, if you are an athlete or were a child athlete or a musician or a thespian or competitive academically or whatever, you will have an inside view of the mind of your child and what it takes to succeed in this area that they're in. But if you weren't, or it's been a really long time, you're going to want to spend some time to learn about the development of competition, of athletes, of the mindsets, a musician, both physically and mentally. So I do supplement training with my son, but only after corroborating with his coach, because I talked to his coach. How can I help him outside of his tennis practice and conditioning? Because he has some holes and his coach will talk to me about what skills he needs to work on to bring up his game to really be a better athlete. And one of the things he needs is more flexibility. And he also needs some more conditioning. So what we have worked out together is that Carter's going to go back to swim two days a week for just an hour for both his aerobic and anaerobic conditioning purposes, not to compete. It's not going to go to the competitive level. It's low impact. So it's great sport. So he's not out there pounding even more than he already is on the tennis court. He already has the background. So swimming really did serve him and will continue to serve him in his tennis career. We're also going to be going to some yoga. We've in, we've incorporated daily stretching into his routine. He's incorporated some core because his coach says he really needs more core work. He needs a stronger core. So he started doing some core work on his own. So these are ways that we can supplement as parents. So lastly, my general guidelines for how to support your athlete, your musician, your thespian, your academian at home. 
kids put a lot of pressure on themselves to perform. So remember, these are developing humans too. All the stuff of growing up, of having an incomplete brain and an incomplete body is going on to boot. All of that can affect performance off and on as kids' bodies and brains are going through spurts and plateaus in different areas of development at various times throughout childhood. Again, if you've ever been a high-performance person in any area, musician, thespian, athlete, or academics, in the past, you will understand the mindset. And it's going to be very similar across all of these disciplines. You get the pressure that you put on yourself, the bar you set for yourself, and the days you aren't firing on all cylinders, how disappointing it can be. You may have worked really, really hard. I've had this happen in my athletic career so many times. I worked really, really hard. I did everything right. I ate correctly. I got my good sleep. I tapered correctly. And then I'll go do a workout or go do a race. And it just doesn't seem to come together. It's very frustrating. And we all put enough pressure on ourselves for our performance. The last thing we need is someone outside of us coming down. What happened today? Why didn't you get that part in the play? Why didn't you get the lead role? Why didn't you get first chair? Why didn't you get one single goal in the soccer game today? What happened? Or why didn't you cut any time off? Why didn't you win that match? That kid wasn't nearly as good as you. What happened today? The conversations we have with our kids before, after, or in between any event are of vital importance. Afterwards, you want to let your child process. I guarantee they are processing their performance. They are thinking about what they could have done better, how they could have gone better against that opponent in the case of tennis, how they could have swum faster, how they could have gotten that goal, how they missed getting around that defensive player. I asked my son, actually, if he ever thinks about what he did well, because he said he's always thinking about what he could have done better, how he could have played better against an opponent. So when I asked him if he ever thinks about what he does well, he said, not really. So I reminded him he needs to remind himself about that and also remind himself of how far he's come because we often don't look back at how much we've improved. We only look at where we're going. So it's always important to help your kids remember to look back from where they've come from, not just look forward to where they're going. It's also okay to ask, how do you feel like it went today? Whether it was a, a great performance or not a great performance, do you want to share about it? If things didn't go well and they're not ready to talk about it, give them 24 hours. Then you can ask them about what it is they want to do better the next time. And you can work with them, help them come up with a plan. You can even work with their coach to fix anything that is an area that needs improvement. One of the areas my son has actually improved a ton just in this last couple months is his volley. So if you're not familiar with tennis, there's the rally, which is where the ball hits the ground. And then they hit it. Usually they're standing back at the baseline or near the baseline for the rally and they'll hit back and forth. And then there's the volley where they come up closer to the net and they hit it back and forth before it hits the ground. So it gets returned faster and it's very fast and you have to have very quick reaction. And, you, you know, a lot of times it gets hit into the net when they're doing the volley or that it gets hit away from them. And he's been doing his volley with his coach this last week. I've really watched him do some amazing volleys and he's really improved on that. So pointing those improvements out to your child when you see those, when you notice those. Being a parent of any child is hard. Being a parent of a driven, high-performance child has its own sets of challenges. I've learned so much and I'm still learning. My son and I are both listening to this book called Mental Toughness for Young Athletes and discussing it. 
So because this is an area I want to be very aware of how to support him, how to empower him to build his own mindset, and to make sure that I'm staying in my own lane and being the positive support that he needs, being there when he needs me and not stepping over the line into some territory that really isn't going to be helpful for him or worse yet is going to potentially affect him negatively. So to build the foundation for success, whether your child is or will become a high performance athlete, musician, academic, the positive discipline classes are vital. They are key to this foundation of emotional intelligence, of a great, close, connected relationship, of cooperation, of helping your child understand you are so in their corner. There are classes on teaching growth mindset, on raising responsible kids, the development series to support your child's development, physical, emotional, cognitive development, how you can specifically support those at home and help them reach their potential. Over 60 classes on demand at yourvillageonline.com. I also want to mention, I don't really talk about this in the podcast, I think hardly ever, but I do also do private coaching and I do have parents who come to me for private coaching. So whether you've got a child who is really pushing into some high performance or you're just struggling with your day-to-day stuff, I do one-on-one coaching. You can find that on the website at yourvillageonline.com. There's a tab that says about, if you click on that about tab or just roll over it, it drops down and you'll see a link there that says coaching. Go to that page, shares all about it, my philosophy, how I do the process if you're interested in the coaching. Thanks so much for listening and see you next week.